When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, this is FBL Focal from YouTube. You may not be aware, but I now convert all my videos into podcasts. You can find all the podcast links at linktree.com slash fblfocal. That's linktree.com slash fblfocal. Welcome back for another video. I'm very honored today to uh, welcome a special guest to the channel. Today's guest, perhaps uh, not a name you've come across before, but in the uh, Premier Fantasy Tools leaderboard, he is number six in the all-time leaderboards. Um, you can count on the one hand, in fact, the number of managers that have uh, double-digit top 10K finishes, um, which today's guest does. In fact, he uh, got those 10 top 10K finishes in his last 13 seasons. So uh, welcome to the uh, channel, Dan Bennett. And he's here to share his team today. And uh, at the very end, she's going to share some top tips that he's prepared as well. So uh, welcome, Dan Bennett. How you doing, mate? Thanks, Oscar. Yeah, I'm very good, thanks. Uh, I've enjoyed the summer break, but uh, I'm raring to go again. And, uh, yeah, thanks for asking me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Are you back into full swing now, or are you still kind of sitting through the preseason, waiting for things to uh, get going again? No, nah, I'm really into it now. I, I I didn't jump in straight away, but um, yeah, I'm tinkering each day now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, likewise. Well, yeah, thanks for coming on. And of course, thanks for sharing your team as well. I have to say, when you first sent me your team, uh, my initial thoughts were, were, it looks quite template, but on further inspection, I think there's a few areas where you've actually differentiated here. Um, so do you want to talk about perhaps some of your picks here in this team? Um, perhaps starting in goal even, Raya's an interesting one. What's the thinking there? Yeah, Raya and Brentford did well last season. I think he averaged four points per game, which was only bettered by the top three keepers. Um, and I don't mind their upcoming fixtures for the first six to eight until I play the first wild card. I think they've got a chance to keep quite a few clean sheets. I know Brentford signed a new keeper, but I still think it's Raya's place to lose. And um, Right, I was going to ask you about it. I think it was Strakosha they signed. Um, okay. I've been doing a few videos on the pre-season games. I don't think he's played a pre-season game yet. Um, so yeah, you might be right there. I think a few people are worried about whether he's going to come in as first choice keeper or not. But uh, yeah, right. I think he's an interesting one. Flying under the radar. I know a lot of people are finding the extra 0.5 for uh, Mendy and goal. But what you've done in defence, you've kind of covered the uh, the three big premiums, uh, Trent, Cancelo and James. You weren't tempted to double up on any of those. My first draft had double Chelsea, so James and Chilwell. I'm sure they'll both do great. They're probably slightly undervalued, as a lot of the premium defenders are, I think. But um, yeah, Chelsea's fixtures on closer inspection, I don't think they're as good as they could be. Of course, they've got a bit of instability since losing Rudiger, etc. So yeah, happy to just go with one for now. 
and uh, Trent and Cancelo are locked. They both scored 200 plus points last season. So I think they'll do the same again this season. Yeah, it's interesting you say that about the Chelsea defence uh, and the fixtures. Uh, obviously, they have Everton away, which to be fair, I think last season Everton uh, beat them. There might have been a one or draw. But yeah, Spurs game week two. Yeah, I think you're quite right on closer inspection. Not as easy as it looks on a uh, first glance, but Dallas is a very interesting pick. Um, I know you're a Man United fan, so we'll talk about the Man United assets a bit more later. But what was the thinking with the Dallow pick? So I originally had Tommy Asu. Uh, I, think he'll, I think he'll do well when he's um, when Arsenal... Because Arsenal have got some nice fixtures to start with, but I don't think Tommy Asu started a pre-season game. Uh, you might be able to correct me, but... So <laughs> I switched to Dallow. Um, just because, yeah, I just want a piece of Man United action. I think uh, I'm quite excited under Ten Hag. But as you say, we'll get onto those in a bit. But at 4.5, I think he's a good... He's a good uh, starter. Yeah, agreed. A couple of other noteworthy things that leapt out to me. You've got two 8 mil mids. Most people have got uh, one, you know, just as a way to cover that price point. And obviously there is some good value there. Um, but you've done well to actually fit two in. And I think partly it's having Dallow in defence, but you've also gone for Bailey um, over Neto, who's kind of the template midfielder, especially in that price bracket. Uh, so you think Mares could be a good pick then? I hope so. I've been burnt a lot by him in the past, but hopefully this yeah. is his season with Jesus moving to Arsenal. Yeah, um, yeah I originally had Neto, but um, the main reason moving Bailey was that 0.5. But um, I, I was glad, glad to see Gerard singing Bailey's praises the other night after he came off the bench and scored a goal. So hopefully he could do okay. But yeah, Mares, yeah. I just, when, when he plays, he scores points. So hopefully, the, at least the first four or five game weeks, hopefully he gets lots of game time. Feels like if there's ever a time, it's got to be now, right? They've sold Jesus, they've sold Sterling. Obviously, they've signed Alvarez, who's probably competition there. But surely, surely Mares starts this one right wing, right? There's no I way agree. Pep. Uh, there's no way we're at the mercy of Pep Roulette again, right? On the bench, Alvarez start. But yeah, we'll see. But the uh, the other interesting uh, decision on the subject of Man City is you've got Kane over Haaland. and uh, obviously this is a huge decision. Uh, in terms of the premiums, what's the thinking with Kane over Haaland? So I, I had Haaland initially, but um, I have been swayed a little bit by pre-season form. Kane looks, Kane looks on it. Kane looks sharp. I think five goals was it in pre-season so far. Um, and that Southampton at home fixture, I quite like that for, for Spurs opening day. I'll still captain Salah, but um, and it, it's not ideal to book a transfer in for game week two, but if it looks like I've made a mistake, I don't mind doing the Kane to Haaland in game week two. That Bournemouth at home fixture for City in game week two could be Haaland's, uh, could be Haaland's home, well, it will be Haaland's home debut. So I'm sure he'll score on his yeah. debut. It makes a lot of sense as well. I know um, Haaland missed Man City's first preseason game. Um, Pep said he had some niggles, um, so he didn't risk him. But then he played in the second, of course, against Bayern. Uh, scored about 12 minutes in. So, yeah, it's going to be one of those where, you know, if Kane disappoints, game one, you know, and Haaland starts and does well, it's going to be difficult to uh, not make that switch. Of course, with Spurs playing Chelsea, game two. Um, one thing I noticed as well, you've got a very, very light bench. Is that at all a concern or are you happy uh, with the bench you've got? Nico Williams, uh, Pereira and Greenwood. It does look light, doesn't it? But I think Williams and Pereira in particular, it looks like they're going to play, hopefully. And yeah, playing options, I don't mind. Uh, I think we'll see less rotation in the first few game weeks without European matches. So I don't mind having a weak bench to start the season. 
Yeah, I mean, it's clear as well. You've kind of thought about the rotation as well. Because if you look at your starting 11, assuming Bailey continues to uh, get minutes, then Dallas is really the only one that you look at who'd potentially want to bench uh, in the opening four or so game weeks. And yeah, you're quite right, actually. Williams could sub in there game week three. That's good Pereira, to be fair. He's uh, got a couple yeah. of assists in pre-season, so uh, he's been doing well. Uh, interesting choices. Actually, I'll admit, uh, I'm currently on Kane over Haaland as well. Um, I had Haaland in all my drafts up until yesterday, and I'm currently on Kane too. But that could change again uh, before we get to game week one. Uh, one thing I did what happens to... in the community shield. Yeah, well, that, that's a good point. Yeah, we'll have to see how they line up and how he does and so on. One thing I did want to talk to you about, obviously you've got um, a record, which, like I said earlier, only a few managers can even boast. You've got double-digit top 10K finishes, down, which is just um, ridiculous, really. It's uh, like I say, I think there's only about five or six managers that have even done that before. And when we look at the FPL and kind of how it's grown over the years, um, I've only got, I've dug up the data as far back as the 06, 07 season. And back then it was 1.3 million managers. Um, you know, if you go back 10 years to what, 12, 13, it was about 2.6 million managers. This season, we could see the first ever season with over 10 million managers. So the game's obviously getting harder and harder, more players. Uh, more content does that affect your season targets or is it always uh the top 10k you know that badge of honor yeah it has been historically hasn't it and it still is for me um as there's a couple of seasons i've finished outside and i've been disappointed but yeah if 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 managers finish top 100k still a great still a great achievement but yeah there's so many engaged managers and there's so many knowledgeable managers and there's so much good content out there as you say um, it is definitely harder and harder. I think last season the template had a good start, so a lot of us had a good start. But um, even if we don't, we can um, top ten k is still achievable with chips in the second half of the season, for example. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. On the subject of content, then I'm curious, how much content do you consume? Um, say every game week, do you tune into videos or podcasts or a bit of everything? Yeah, a bit of everything. I consume a lot. I work from home and uh, I always have it on in the background, some podcasts, your YouTube channel, obviously. And um, yeah, I don't watch a lot of football myself. So I get a lot, like for my eye test, I have to get it secondhand via content. So other people, I trust sort of like, you know, I'll listen to the FPL Wire podcast and get their take on the matches because I know they've probably watched the important games. So yeah, content's key for me in that way. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I didn't ask Dan to say he uh, watches my stuff, by the way. But uh, I'm honoured you do, Dan, so I appreciate that as well. One thing I wanted to uh, talk to you about, obviously you're a Man United fan, and uh, it's an interesting season, this one, in that obviously Man United heavily underperformed last season um, under Solskjaer and then Rangnick. And of course, we've got Ten Hag in now and a lot of their assets. I've seen a price cut off the back of uh, a poor season. Uh, What are your opinions on the Man United assets this season? Yeah, I'm trying to not get too excited yet. But yeah, the price points, they could prove incredible value. I think as FPL General said on the, on the last, when he was on your previous video. Um, I think for Martial, we've got to see what happens with Ronaldo. I think there was some crunch talks earlier today. So we'll see if he stays. But if he, if he doesn't, then Martial up front could be excellent. I'm not going to start with him just because we've got quite a few forward options with Kane, Haaland, Jesus. So I just can't find a spot for Martial at the minute. But yeah, Rashford at 
just hope he creates some form from a few seasons ago. I hope Ten Hag can get it out of him, but um, it's yet to be seen. That's one thing, um, just looking back at your draft, that's one, one thing I quite liked about the fact that you've managed to squeeze in two eight mil mids because if either of those get off to a bad start, you know, say Pep does bench Mara's game week two or something, you've had enough of that. And perhaps Man United start well against Brighton. And you've got that flexibility to move to any of Sancho or Rashford. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of value there. And Martial perhaps too, depending on the Ronaldo situation, um, definitely one on the watch list. Yeah, we, I guess we also need to see if um, Frankie Dion comes in, Anthony from Ajax maybe. We'll see just how much Ten Hag is backed. Yeah, we'll have to see. And in terms of your wildcard, have you got anything penciled in? Or are you kind of playing it by ear as the uh, opening game weeks go on? Uh, I know some people are looking at the international break, which falls quite nicely between uh, obviously game week one and when we get reset and for the World Cup. Have you got anything in mind or are you just playing it flexible? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be flexible. But yeah, that international break, I think it's between game week eight and at game week nine. Yeah, that looks a prime opportunity if nothing comes up before then. But um, yeah, I don't mind going early. I usually go early with the first wild card. So sometimes some people say it's a long time to go until the next wild card, but as you say, we've got the um, unlimited transfers uh, after the World Cup. But also with good planning, we should be able to manage without a wild card for quite a few weeks anyway. Mm. So yeah, I'm not afraid to go early, catch a lot of price rises as well. Yeah, it feels like there might be an opportunity there. We'll have to see how our teams are looking because. Yeah, you don't want to do it just for the sake of it if we do get to the international break and our squads are in you know, good health. But yeah, it feels like there is an opportunity this season, one that we'll never probably get again unless we have another Winter World Cup somewhere to play a bit more aggressive. Uh, maybe not in the opening weeks. It looks like, look at your team, you're kind of planning to play or to ride the template. Would you say that's fair? And then maybe make a play later on if there's an opportunity? Yeah, for sure. We'll come on to it in a minute. But um, yeah, I, I like to trust the template. A lot, of, a lot of people have um, picked the, these pl- template players for a reason. I'm sure they'll do well. Yeah, we'll take that opportunity then. So one thing I thought I'd do, because it's uh, very rare to get to chat to a manager with a record like yours, I asked Dan if he could um, share five top tips, kind of the secrets behind his success. Um, so I'll hand over to you, Dan. I'm uh, interested to hear what tips you've got to share behind your success. Go for it, mate. Okay, okay cheers. Yeah, so as I alluded to, Planning, I just love planning. Planning is key. I think it's the, the, the main advantage that us engaged managers have got over the average player. Um, so I personally favour fixtures over form. So I'm always looking at the fixture difficulty rating, um, identifying the teams to target. Um, also like to use like a transfer planner spreadsheet or, or the old pen and paper <laughs> uh, to, to plan my uh, next transfers and captains. Uh, I guess the only caveat there is to not blindly follow your plans, your transfer planner. Be flexible if, if an opportunity arises. And then next I've got be patient. Um, I'm generally a patient person. So, um, but yeah, I like to, tr- if, if we've put a lot of thought and planning into bringing a player in, I like to give them a few weeks to, you know, trust my reasoning and uh, be patient. I don't take many hits. I'd probably take four or five on average for a normal season. Obviously, the last couple of seasons haven't been normal. So um, if I, I saw um, an article today on Twitter from 11FI about some the best time to take hits. Um, so I don't take many, but I will take them around blank and double game weeks 
to target the best captain or or especially early in the season to build team value. I think General um, mentioned that as well. And I've got manager risk. So uh, I'm risk averse. I don't mind trusting the template. All these managers have put hours and hours into picking the, these players. And if a player's 60% owned, it's because they're probably the best pick. Um, and if you don't go with them and they, they, um, they bang, you're going to suffer. You're going to fall down the ranks. So especially early in the season, I don't mind being going for um, the most obvious players. I know effective ownership is a big talking point in the community, but um, I don't mind using it. If it's a 50-50 call and one player's got the highest EO, I don't mind going for that highest EO player. Of course, if you're a risky, riskier manager, go for it, you know, go for the risks. Just be prepared for the downside. And then I, I've got to um, consume a lot of FPL content, as I mentioned. I love consuming FPL content. I think try different media, see which one you prefer. What key is I, I find it entertaining. I love listening to managers talk about football, talk about FPL. So yeah, use it. There's, lot, there's so much good content out there. It's good stats as well. If you want to do your own research, go onto the various, you know, the big websites, they've all got the stats sandbox and yeah, have a play around. And then lastly, I've got to look after your mental health. Uh, it's probably the most important tip, this. It is a game, but it, it's, our, it's our key passion for, for most managers. And, and if it doesn't go well, it's disappointing. It can get you down. Um, it's affected me a lot in the past. I could be in a good mood one second and a terrible mood the set that, you know, when your player gets sent off or whatever. So, um, yeah, speak to the community if you're feeling down. At a weekend, once the deadline's passed, I like to turn off, just spend some time with family and friends. It's obviously really easy these days to track your live rank through the, but there's so many ups and downs. You go up and down every goal, every yellow card. So um, try and avoid it if you can, if, if it is getting you down. Obviously, it's fun to do if it's not getting you down. But um, yeah, hope that was all right. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant tips. I'm going to, as soon as we finish this call, I'm going to watch this back, grab a pen and paper and take some notes. Yeah, excellent. I totally agree um, on, on everything you said there. And um, yeah, one thing um, that stood out to me was the mental health side of it as well. There's been a lot of times where, you know, you'll have a, a great weekend and then perhaps something goes horribly wrong in FPL and it can ruin your whole weekend. Yeah. Um, I remember the first ever uh, FPL meetup I went to, it was the double gaming last season. And I was really looking forward to, you know, met up with everyone. And I, Dennis capped him and Dennis got uh, red carded in that first game of the double game week. Uh, that sort of thing, you know, it can, it can ruin a weekend, which is crazy, right? Because it's just a game, but you're dead right. Yeah, um, I guess it's a good point there. You, you're obviously there sharing it with other like-minded individuals. You can do that on Twitter as well, sharing the pain together. Do you know what I mean? It certainly helps when you're with uh, other like-minded managers as well who are sharing the pain, but... Uh, yeah, you know, if you're at home just watching on TV on your own, you know, something happens like a play goes off in the 59th minute or, you know, whatever, a red card. Yeah, it can make or break a weekend, which is uh, ridiculous for uh, just a game. But that's the game we uh, we adore for better or worse. Um, Dan, it's been so good chatting to you. Thank you so much for all the tips and for uh, sharing your team. If anyone uh, would like to follow Dan, his uh, Twitter's in the description as well. So go give him a follow. Um, pleasure to have you, Dan. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Oscar. Appreciate that. Cheers, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network.